wanted to start this podcast to share hunting stories of my experiences and what I've done over the years. There's so much more that is involved in hunting than just pulling the trigger and killing an animal. We want to be inspirational, educational, but we also want to have a good time and teach you how to have a good time as well. And on this episode, I have Armando Martinez, the owner of Simply Savage Solutions, and they make the bow hitch. I drew the first one on a napkin at my dinner table. A few weeks later, I'm a few beers deep. I go into the garage, I get out my angle grinder, go to town on this piece of metal, and I build our first bow hitch. My daughter has been fortunate to wear. They're pretty accustomed to killing stuff. This year, my daughter, we had a tough one. We had to go back out on this really tough off-range oryx hunt. To kill this oryx is just a regular gems book. It's very difficult to find them, so they give you an entire month to hunt. We found them right at dusk. We make a play, we kill it. We stalk two miles, get on them, kill them right before dark, and don't get back to the truck until 4 a.m. Welcome to Hunting Day with Stephen Robbins. Now for your host, Stephen Robbins. All right, guys and gals, welcome back to another episode of Hunting Day. And on this episode, I have a really good friend of mine, someone that I just kind of met over the past few months on social media through Instagram, and that is Armando Martinez. He's the owner of Simply Savage Solutions, and they make the bow hitch. And me and Armando have been chatting back and forth. I was out in Nebraska. I think he was out in either Nebraska or South Dakota doing a mule deer hunt right around the same time. And we were talking, wishing each other luck, kind of cheering each other on. And then like all like-minded hunters, we just developed a friendship and developed a relationship. We never met each other prior to that. But it's just something about the hunting community that we all want what's best for each other. And I think at any point in time... You can meet a stranger and become best friends with them. And I think that's what's really happened here. And then, you know, fast forward a few months, we found out we got a lot of friends in common. So this has been really cool. And so tonight you get to hear me and Armando really kind of really diving deep into each other's lives and how we got into hunting and how we got into becoming an entrepreneur. So without further ado, Armando, it's great to have you on. Oh, happy to be here, man. Uh, blessed to be here blessed to uh, you know the world works in mysterious ways and uh, i don't think it's an accident we were brought together so i'm excited to see you know where where this takes us and who else uh, you know who else is in our web that we don't even know about absolutely man and i tell you what like this time of year is special to me because we're right around the christmas time that we're recording we're right before christmas and this is going to drop the first of 2024 and I think it's amazing, right? Because the what we're about to celebrate as Christians is the birth of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And I think that there is no better gift on this earth for anyone than to accept Him as our Lord and Savior and to have a, a home eternally in heaven. And so to everyone out there, I want to say Merry Christmas. Um, this may be belated. That's okay. Uh, Merry belated Christmas. Just remember that family is important. And health is important, but more importantly, eternal salvation is important. And uh, so if anyone ever would like to have a conversation about their salvation and eternity off podcast or through any form of social media, feel free to reach out to me and I'd love to share the gospel with you. And sorry for the kind of the, the rabbit trail there, but I think that's important. And I really, I do believe that the Lord works in mysterious ways and nothing does happen you know, by happenstance or just sheer luck. I think that we are having this conversation for a reason and 
again, thanks Armando for being on here. And so you'd mentioned previously before we started recording um, about kindness in the month of January. So let's let, let, hit me with it. What you got? I agree with your message, man, for Christmas. You know, we're, we're, we're brought here for a reason. We were all put here with the, you know, we're given special abilities. We're given talents. We're given shortcomings that, you know, allow other people's talents to shine through. And, um, you know, I, I did 20 years in the fire service, uh, and I saw miracles on a regular basis. So, you know, um, I'm, I'm with you in your messaging, man. It's, uh, yeah, uh, we're blessed. I pray every day. I put my kids to bed. We say our prayers before we go to bed, before I drop them off at school. I bring some kids with me as I carpool to school. And uh, all of us say prayers, you know, um, before we get out of the car as as we get in. So um, Merry Christmas to everybody. And, and uh, you might not know it, but somebody's always watching over you. Absolutely. You know? yeah. Yes. So our random acts of kindness is you, you brought up uh, this, that this was going to probably air in January and we do a campaign, you know, that started with the bow hitch and simply savage solutions that uh, began with my little brother, uh, my younger brother, he's six years younger than me. Um, I'm 42. So, you know, he's a young man, young kids at the time. And um, we were just getting started with the bow hitch business and not that we know much now, but we knew, you know, three and a half years less than, than what we do now. Yeah. And uh, my brother came upon a new spotting scope and he bought this new spotting scope and uh, he found, I don't know, he must've found a good deal or I don't know where he got it from. I didn't ever, never asked him, but uh, he comes over one day and he said, Hey bro, um, I got this. This is for you. Uh, do whatever you want to with it. Um, this is 2020. And he says, do, do it, or 2019 going into 2020. He says, do whatever you want to with it. And uh, if you want to sell it, use the money to, you know, buy Bohit stuff or raffle it or give it away or get followers or whatever you want, but it's for you. You do you do with it with what you think is best. I'm like, damn, dude, you know, that is really cool. And I think he gave it to me in like October or November. And so I sat on it. I just didn't know what I was going to do with it and how to make the best um, – you know, the get the best um, value out of his gift to me. And so what I ended up deciding to do is I waited until January and I was just thinking in my mind, you know, people are talking about their New Year's resolutions and what they're going to do and, you know, whatever. Like every, everybody has their own journey that they have to go on and they're, uh, you know, setting their own goals. And so I thought for me, you know, uh, at that point in time, I think, what are we now, 2024? Coming uh, up on it, it yeah. 2020, yeah, it was 2020 going into 2021 then. And, um, you know, everybody was upset at each other. There was COVID going on, all the politics going on. Like, you couldn't say anything without getting into a fight with somebody. And to me, it just seemed like everybody was upset about something. Yeah. And, and there just wasn't a lot of kindness going on, you know. Um, so I decided, you know what, um, I have a business partner, his name is Doug. And I called Doug up and I said, Hey man, you know what we're going to do with this spotting scope? We're going to give it away. We're going to do a random acts of kindness campaign and, uh, it's going to be free and we're just going to post it. And, you know, not that I'm good at posting now, but I was even worse then, dude. So I got on there and I made my first, uh, my first video post and said, Hey, 
you know, we're going to do a random acts of kindness, guys. It, it costs you nothing to get into it. All you have to do is something kind for somebody else. You tell us what you did in the comments and you have a chance to win this spotting scope. Oh, that's and, awesome. Um, dude, it was the coolest freaking thing. Um, it started going, I'm a couple of days in and the local archery shop, I go over there, or they, they sent me a message. Hey man, that uh, that's really cool what you're doing with the, so I'm like, I didn't even know you're following. Like, thanks. I had like 18 followers at the time, you know? Yeah. And uh, so he's like, ah, swing by the shop. We'll get something for you. So I go to the shop and he hands me a brand new bow. And he goes, here, man, this is this is for you and the random acts. Just give give that away to somebody. So I was like, what? Dude, so we ended up getting a bunch of people wanting to donate and it just steamrolled. And, you know, it was, it was, it was just so cool. But uh, the best part about it is the people, you know, just in the comments, hey, I was able to do this for whoever or a stranger had this happen and I pulled over and helped. There was a guy who was stuck in a snowbank and, you know, yeah. it, it was it was just so cool. And it's free and it was nothing and people just did it, uh, you know. So that was the start of something special for us. So uh, Random Acts of Kindness has, you know, matured a little bit. We've gotten a little bit bigger and um, more people doing it, which to me is the best part because of that ripple effect. You never know how far out it's going to go and who it's going to touch, you know? Um, so we're still doing it, man. And uh, this year our prize is uh access deer hunt in Hawaii. And I know you're, you're pretty fancy with the, uh, you know, access deer. It's one of your favorites. I love it. And this is a, this is an access deer hunt in Maui, man, a free range. Um, I got to go there a few years ago yeah. and had one of the most incredible experiences that I still haven't even put out yet because I need somebody to edit it correctly for me. But uh, I could tell you that story if you want to. It was I, uh, Oh, we got to hear it. The, dude, it's one of the craziest stories that was captured on video to for me to ever be a part of. And I think for most people, you'll never – if you know if you don't see it you're not gonna believe it happened so yeah. really really cool <laughs> i love it yeah so so this year again it's gonna be do something kind for somebody you know i don't know exactly if i'm gonna do it in the comments again last year i had to do it via comments and then sign up for email because we had too many uh too many sponsors you know or i wouldn't call them sponsors i don't i don't like that I, uh partners that wanted to be a part of it with us so this year, I'm limiting it to 20, 20 of people that I call friends and that I love having in my circle that, you know, we, we all kind of are on the same page and, and just want to, it's not about us, you know, yeah. like you got coffee. That's, that's great. You, you, you want to sell coffee, but it's, a, it's about more than coffee. Like yeah. for us, we have a product It's called the bow hitch. That's cool. But like when people think about the bow hitch, they're like, man, those, those guys are cool. You know, like they're solving problems and they're trying like legitimate, trying to help people. Like that's, that's our background and what we do. So we, our community is very much like that. And I, I and I love it. it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Man. That is awesome. I didn't know you were doing that. And uh, yeah. so that's really yeah. cool. Definitely cool. And we, if we can, we'd love to be part of that 20. We really I, would. I saved a, I saved a spot for you. I did, man. I did. Uh, I think I told you before. Well, so my background is uh, 20 years in the fire service. The last 12 of those, I was an arson investigator, which means I was cross commission police and fire. So um, 
I did my homework on you, man. You're a good dude. <laughs> you're, you'll you'll fit you'll fit right into our uh, into our top twenty. And, Perfect. Um, we're, we'll we'd be happy to have you. Yeah, man, that's awesome. Um, real quick story. Not and this is not a pat on the back by no means. We did a coffee tasting event, and Paul, he's our editor. He edits everything for us for Hunting Day, and he is a big part of a. I don't know his official title and he's probably going to kick my butt for this, but he does a lot of public service. And, and, uh, so we did a coffee tasting event and then afterwards we had a bunch of coffee left over as far as that we had already brewed, but then we had a bunch of bags. I want to say it was like 20 some bags of coffee that we had took in case we sold or the store sold out, which they did. And then we sold to the store a bunch more and then we had like 20 some bags left over and they're like, yeah, you know, they were good. I think they bought like 80 some bags from us like on the spot that day. And so long story short, we had all this coffee and I'm like, Paul, you think the fire department would take it? And he's like, absolutely. And he just, I guess then all the brewed coffee. I'm like, no, all of it. So we went over to the, to the firehouse and, uh, they weren't there. So we set everything up. We transferred all the brewed coffee into like different coffee pots and different containers for them. And then we left all the bags of coffee and then they came in off of a call and which I really like, it was cool because I got to see a couple guys that I went to high school with. But at the same time, it was one of those deals where I would rather have not been there that way. Like not and I reluctantly tell this story just because I didn't want the pat on the back or the you know thanks or you know whatever that comes from that but we uh, we definitely support our first responders uh, and that's something that we are 100% behind when it comes to public safety we we just want to say to anyone that is a first responder we thank you especially this time of year this you know going into the holidays you're giving up and sacrificing so much for other people when you could be spending time with your family, but you're out on calls. And we just want to say thank you. And thank you, Armando, for your service over 20 years. Uh, that's awesome, man. That, we appreciate it. I know you're in a different state, but we definitely appreciate you. Yeah, it was, it was a blessing, man. It was, uh, I'm, I'm grateful. Thank you. First of all, thank you. But, uh, I'm grateful for my career. Like it was, a. Uh, you know, had a like an amazing career. Like now that I've, I've been retired a little over a year, like I think back, people will ask me questions and ask me for a story or this or that. And it's just kind of like, man, like you don't realize kind of what is happening in the moment. Um, you know, it's like seeing the forest through the trees. Yeah, It's there's, there's, like I said earlier, miracles happen every day. And, uh, it's, it, it, it's a real thing, man. Um, so I'm grateful for what I did and to everybody who's still out there, you know, where I'm at now, I hear the trucks, you know, running back and forth and I'm just like, man, you know, say a little prayer for them. And you just never, never know what they're going to or what they're, what they're seeing at that time when the, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's tough. It's it's a tough, uh, it's a tough one, but, um, but yeah, God bless all of them and, uh, keep them safe this holiday season for sure. Cause being away my first nine years, I worked every single holiday for nine years. Uh, it was just the way our rotation worked. Yeah. I would I would c- come off of holidays and get promoted and bam, back to the bottom of the totem pole. <laughs> so I'm on holidays. So that happened three times in a row, dude. So nine years I hit every holiday. But fortunately, right after that is when we had our, had our baby and uh, I started being able to get some time off and, yeah. and that type of stuff, be home for Christmas and those little things, which 
which are extremely important, you know, especially yeah. when you do have a family. Absolutely. You know, it's one of those things when growing up, when I was trying to build my career in the oil and gas industry, I was like, you know what? I was that guy that you want the, you want the weekend off, take it. I got you, you know, that type of mm-hmm. thing. You all oh, you want Christmas off, take it. I got it, you know? And mm-hmm. now with kids, I'm like, Hey, you want my Christmas? You can have it, man. <laughs> yeah. Like, Take it. And you know, c- it's really crazy, right? Because that's a double-edged sword. It's the attitude that, hey, I'll do what you're not willing to do that got me to where I'm at. But then now I realize, because I didn't have a family and I was willing to do that work, then now I have the opportunity to say, hey, do you want it? Because you can have it. You know, if I got to work it, it is what it is. But at the same time, knowing and understanding that family is more important than your career is is uh maybe maturity I don't, I don't know i don't know exactly the right word for that but at the same time knowing that if it has to be done it still has to be done and so i'm very fortunate that you know over 15 years i guess in the oil and gas industry i'm at a point where i don't want to say i don't want to be there because i love what i do i really do but i love my family more <laughs> so yeah uh- I'm sure you can relate. I thousand percent understand what every, every word of that. Yes. So, um, but I am thankfully off for Christmas this year and, uh, looking forward to it. Yeah, no, that, that it's, uh, you're right, man. Um, like for me towards the end of my career, I knew like, I still love the job. I didn't leave disgruntled. Like, you know, I did my time. I had a goal in mind when I got into the department, I got in young, I got in at 22, you know, I said, okay, as I got in and started, you know, dabbling a little bit and learning the different positions within our department. Um, I was taught by, you know, a class by the arson investigators. And I was like, okay, that's where I'm going. You know, I want to, I want to run that division before I leave. Like that's, that's the best spot in the department. You know, in my opinion, it was, I just, just did it, man. You yeah. know, did what did just did it. And I retired from exactly the seat that I wanted to be in. And, um, but realized the same thing. Like my job is great. I love it, but you know, there's, there's a lot of opportunities for things to go bad in this job. And I love my family more. Yeah. And, uh, it, it's the, you know, the juices and worth the squeeze. Like, it's not like we make a lot of money in the fire department anyway, but, um, it was definitely a, you know, let's go out and see what else uh, the world has in store for us. Yeah. And is that what ultimately brought you to the bow hitch? Yeah, we started the bow hitch while I was still in the department. So the bow hitch started with uh, my partner, Doug, and I. Um, we went on a late season elk hunt in New Mexico. We're both from New Mexico. And uh, <clears throat> I had never been on this hunt. It was kind of a newer hunt that New Mexico had just introduced where they had, I think, two or three units that had a good bull ratio, bull to cow ratio. So they would put a late season in December, uh, six point or better on one side. So it had to have at least six on one side in December with a bow. And uh, so my buddy Doug, he's like, yeah, it's over the counter if you want to, you know, um, I'm going to go hunt it. I hunted it last year. He hunted it the first year. He said, I saw a bunch of bulls, you know, I didn't kill one, but I was in them. So if you want to go, let me know and you can come with me. So sure enough, dude, that's what I did. Well, I drive to this unit. I get there like three or four in the morning, never been, never hunted it, never even been to this country. 
and I'm driving in and it's just like straight up, dude, just straight up and up and up and up. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know if I'm tired or it does everything just look up. And, uh, no, I woke up in the morning, you know, after a couple hours of sleep, I found him. We slept, you know, I slept for an hour, hour and a half or whatever. We get out and we go to the spot where he wants to walk from. And uh, the sun starts coming up and it's literally this and this. And I'm used to hunting like southwestern New Mexico is kind of rolling hills. There's 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 mountains, but yeah. I, it wasn't a, let me walk down for an hour to go up for two hours you know, right. type yeah. of deal. So, uh, <laughs> it was just a different ball game, man. And, uh, so we kind of go over a game plan. He says, okay, well, I'm going to work this way. You know, I said, oh, I'll work this hillside here. I'll glass here for a while. See if I see something. And later on that afternoon, um, we meet up with each other and, uh, Doug had his bow clipped in, uh, into his backpack. He had it clipped with um what we'll call the first it's not even a bow hitch it's it's uh he had it clipped into his bow and so i'm like dude what the what the heck is that like how are you talking to me with your hands and your bow is is still at your side yeah and uh so we talked about it he showed me what he had built and he goes dude me and my uncles had had done this in the past you know we've made these several years ago and just i don't know we just kind of use them so i'm like that's that's brilliant yeah it's it's genius that you guys did that and that it actually functions, you know? So, you know, that got my wheels turning. And um, <clears throat> so the whole time I'm just thinking and I'm thinking and I'm thinking and we get back to work and I'm like, Doug, you you guys have to do something with that, dude. Like that, that little thing that you had was super cool. And he goes, yeah, we've talked about it and, you know, never, you know, nobody, nobody ever wants to do anything with it. He goes, I, yeah, maybe I, I'll, I'll think about it. So I'm like, you got to do something. Yeah. Dude, so three years, three years go by and I keep telling him, Doug, did you do anything with it yet? No, nah, Doug, did you do anything? So finally on year three, I'm like, Hey man, listen, if you don't want to do anything with the idea, let me know. Cause I would like to do like, there's some, there's potential there that I don't know what it is, but it's a brilliant idea that I think you know, is, is a marketable. And I'm pretty sure I didn't know what the word marketable meant at the time, but, but I, I was, you know, something to the effect of this is a great idea. You could probably sell it and make money. Yeah. That's probably what I said. <laughs> but um, anyway, I, I said, you know, if, if you're interested, you know, I'd love to do something with you. Like it's, it's your idea to like the concept is your idea. And so he's like, yeah, man, let's do it. And so I started thinking about it and, you know, him and I had another conversation and said, Hey man, like, if you want to do it, I'll, I would, I would love to do it, but we're, if we do it, we do it like a hundred, a hundred percent. There's not a, well, let's look at ideas and try something. I said, we'll, we'll figure it out, but I need to know you're in a hundred percent. And he yeah. goes, yeah, bro, let's go, dude. We shook hands that day and we've been going hard ever since. Um, so you know, after that conversation, just kind of got the wheels turning. Uh, I looked at the way he had his uh, working and saw the things I liked and didn't like about it. And, um, dude, believe it or not, I was sitting on my dining room table and on a napkin. I was eating and I was like, shit, you know, the, the, the problem is, is the bow doesn't balance the way he has it. Like the bow rides really awkward and I don't like it. The cam is kind of up by his face and it has a buckle that snaps in and it's loud and it's kind of, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't like it. 
And um, so, dude, I drew the first one on a napkin. Oh, love that. At my, at, at my dinner table. I still have it. It's in a box right down here. And uh, I was like, you know what? It needs to be offset a little bit. We're going to move move this. And I don't know what we'll hook it to, but we're going to put a hook just so it's quiet and it's 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 silent. We'll just maybe hook it on our vinyl harness yeah. or on our backpack. And it'll just sit just like that. And, uh, dude, so I draw it. I tell him about it. And he goes, yeah, uh, I, I don't know, probably work. Like, well, all we could do is try it, you know? And, yeah. And, uh, man, a few, few weeks later, a month later, whatever it was, um, I'm a few beers deep. I go into the garage and I get out my angle grinder and uh, go to town on this piece of metal. And I build our first bow hitch. And um, I love is 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 kind of how it started. I ordered some little clips, if you will, from eBay, and they had come in. They were just sitting there, and so I'm like, "Well, let's just figure this out and, and get it started." And I made the first one. I went on an archery hunt uh, that year down in New Mexico. I had a tag. I used it. I carried it just off of my backpack and uh, my bino harness. And you know, as we're going out there, I'm like, "Hey guys, check this out!" Like. I don't have to carry my bow and you know, I'm, I'm hunting with my uncle and uh, there's another buddy of mine and they're like, what in the <laughs> hell is that dude? Like, <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know, but I, I don't have to carry my bow. Like you don't understand. Yeah. And uh, so there, they gave me, you know, gave me some, gave me some, the uh, little bit of love we'll call it. Yeah. And uh, man, by the end of that hunt, they were like, dude, why didn't you make three of them? Like, right. You're selfish. Like, why would you? Yeah. Let me, let me use it and whatever. And so it's, uh, it's grown a lot since then. But, um, that first rendition dude was literally off of my dining room table and then out to the garage. And, uh, you know, um, the first official one that we made, uh, a cousin of mine, just this really sharp kid, um, had been talking to him, uh, excuse me, he was in the process of inventing a board game. Him and a couple of buddies of his were invented a board game with new characters, a new theme, and like like from start to finish, dude. So he had just gone through the process of uh, filing for a patent. So somehow somebody told me, well, you should talk to Joseph. He, he just went through all that stuff that you're talking about. Um, so I called him up and let him know what I was doing and and uh, he's like, oh, cool. Uh, how are you going to do them? Are you going to need a CAD drawing or what's what's the deal? And so I told him how I made the first one. And he's like, well, you're not going to be able to do that. But <laughs> he goes, why don't you uh, why don't you draw the dimensions for me? Send me a picture of it and then uh, I'll make you one. I'm like, okay. Like, I'd, like none of this. I'm like, whatever, dude. <laughs> I don't know what he's thinking, you know, how it's going to happen. So I send him the stuff. He calls me back in the weekend. He goes, hey, come to my house. Uh, let's make one of these things for you. So I go to his house. He has the CAD drawing already built in the computer and 3D prints one in front of me. And I'm just like mind blown. No like, way. Are you kidding me, dude? So he 3D prints it. I put it up to my bow and figure out what's, you know, it was too soft. The plastic was too soft that he was using. But it gave me the concept of what I needed to do and to get the dimensions right to make it yeah. balance perfectly. Because the first one that I had built still had a little bit of an angle on the bow. Okay. So once we put it in the CAD drawing, we we're able to make a few adjustments to the dimensions and uh, to the angles of it. And now 
the bow just sits perfectly at your side. It's just like perfectly level. And it was just all done. Like, you know, it was meant to be, dude. It was so cool. Yeah. So cool. Dude, that is awesome. I wonder, like, there's got to be like this elite club of millionaires who says, I started my business on a napkin. Like, dude, that there, there absolutely is. And, and you're yeah, going to be a part of that. Like, that's the thing that I, I hope so. Like, I, sure yeah, hope so. I see it. Yeah. And let me tell you why. So, I have done two Western trips that requires a lot of walking and a lot of either carrying a gun, carrying a camera, tripod, or carrying a bow. And let me tell you, that is mentally, that bow can make or break you when you're talking about 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 miles over a short period of time and uh you know nebraska seven days like 49 or 51 i i don't really know exactly i think it was like 51 miles all in and so break that down you know that's basically what nine miles seven miles a day or something like that right that's a lot it's a lot yeah for, for a guy that you know might walk a mile a day you know on flat ground <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah. no, it's a different world. Dude. It, yeah. it really is. And so, you know, when I went out there and, you know, and this isn't to knock another bow holder or any, by no means, right. I tried a different one and it was one of those things where it riding on my pack wasn't ideal because anytime that we stocked up on an animal and it was, Hey, get your bow. I'm doing this motion where I'm grabbing my bow and I'm taking it out of the, you know, the, the holster, so to speak. And don't get me wrong. It was a great setup, great system. Mm -hmm. But when I'm telegraphing so much, I'm, it's almost like, hey, we're over here. Right. So then I'm like, all right, we, I can't do that. It needs to ride somewhere along my harness. And so now it's no longer hands free, but it's still somewhat support you know my harness was supporting it based off the lug that was mounted to my riser and i'm like there's got to be a better way and then like during that trip is when me and you really started talking and you know i'd actually bought two of well three i bought one for april and i bought one for chance and i gave chance one on that hunt as well and uh but then like i ended up coming home and i'm like i'm buying a bow hitch because that system that I had semi worked, right? But I wasn't, I was only hands free when it was on my pack, but that's not where I wanted it. I wanted it at my waist where it was readily available. Your system makes it readily available and it's quiet and it's easy to slip on and off. The hook is amazing. And so, you know, again, not to knock the other product because it's, it serves a purpose. It just wasn't the purpose that I was after, right? But the bow hitch worked, it works now perfectly for a western hunt or even a walk on the appalachian mountains because i got my pack on i got my steps or my ladder sticks i got my platform I, i'm wearing my my harness most of the time and my bow's right here on my side right where i need it hands free as much as i want and i love that you got the rifle sling hitch as well and you just came out with a tripod one. So I'm like, uh, dude, you have opened up so many opportunities. I know it was more for like spotting scopes and that type of tripods. 
But if anyone who is listening to this podcast has a TV show and they have a field producer that carries a tripod with them, this is a game changer because that's you can still run a camera on that tripod. And especially if you're doing a spot and stalk scenario to where you need to be steady footage, you can have your camera still mounted on your tripod and you've got two, three points of contact at all times. Like, that matters. And I don't know if that's what you were thinking. I'm sure you probably covered all aspects of it. But that, to me, if I was still producing a TV show or even a part of a TV show where I was doing any type of field production, that would be with me every chance. Every time I had a tripod, it would be in a bow hitch. Or tripod it, it, hitch. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the reason I went to the tripod is because now at these different events, you know, at Mountain Archery Fest and Tax and all these different outdoor shoots that we go to, there's typically two or three shooters and a cameraman. Yeah. And the cameraman just is carrying everything. You know, he's got all this stuff. He's got the tripod. He's got his camera in one hand. He's flipping under the underarm or putting it out. And so I'm like, dude, that's the market that yes. nobody is thinking about to try to make easier, you know? Um, and man, especially for guys that film themselves, you know, or turkey hunters, they got, they're bringing in 87 things with them. Yeah. Like, dude, if that's one less thing you can have to hold on to, like that's a game changer for you, you know? Dude. So, um, yeah, that definitely was. So between that and then guiding out West is, is a, another reason I where I knew the tripod sling was going to be, or it will be. It's just coming out now, but it's going to be an absolute smash because when I have somebody with me and I got to carry their tripod, it's, it's even more frustrating, right? Like, <laughs> um, so I, I want to carry it even less. Yeah. But I have this big, big, giant, heavy tripod. That way, once you're on it, you're not missing. Yeah. And uh, that thing gets heavy after a while. So when I strap that in, and I stop and I can glass. And then when it's go time, I just lip it up and I can go straight to shooting from that dude. I love um, it. It, it's cool. Yeah. It's, it's uh that one is going to be neat. So, you know, our goal, like kind of like the name is, you know, simply savage solutions is just come up with a simple solution. And that really derives from the fire service. Like you don't have time to think about uh, how to use something in a lot of these pressure situations. Um, Fortunately for us, you know, we're a very busy department and we kind of, we practice a lot and we get to run a lot of calls. So we're really good, you know, in, in most environments, but you cannot train for every call that you're going to get, you know, in that industry. And I equate that to the hunting, hunting world. Like you're going to take a thousand shots before you ever go hunting. Yeah. The one you end up having to take is going to be the one you didn't even think of. You're like, dude, how is this possible? Yeah. Like, you know, uh, and, and so that's, that's the beauty of, you know, what I think the beauty in our products is, is it's, it's a brainless operation. Like the, and that's the goal for what we're building is to make it when, Hey, you have, you think you're pegged by this antelope, you just stalked in for seven hours. It's 110 degrees. And you're like, dude, I cannot make extra movement what do I do? Yeah. And it just, it just falls off and you're ready to shoot, you know? So that's exciting for me to talk about because I've done it all. I carry tripods for myself. I carry them for people like the rifle this year. I carried our tripod sling on my right side with my uh, binoculars on that tripod. And then I carried my uh, rifle on my left shoulder 
So I would just stop and I'd pull up my binos on my right hand side on the tripod and give it a good glass. And I never had to, you know, stop and put my rifle down somewhere or keep it over my shoulder and play that game. And yeah. It was never on my backpack to where I didn't have access to it. So it was, it, it's cool, man. I, I'm really excited, really excited about our stuff. Yeah. No, when you were talking about turkey hunting, I was literally thinking self-filming because I, I do a lot of self-filming still. I know we talked about TV show, you know, yeah. off offline there and, uh, you know, I still do a lot of filming, but it's more for personal enjoyment every now and then. If I get a, you know, a decent hunt, I might throw it on YouTube or something like that. But, um, for the most part, like everything has kind of gone to like GoPro and point of view cameras, especially turkey hunting, because it's a lot to carry when you run and gun. But I'm just literally thinking DSLR on a tripod on my left hand, you know, on my left shoulder, 12 gauge on my right shoulder and through the woods I go, you know, and it's like, you know, which is all right. So I'm a left-handed bow hunter. But I'm a right-handed okay. rifle and shotgun shooter. Now, I can shoot left-handed with a rifle, but I'm not buying left-handed rifles because everyone in my family, for the most part, is right-handed. Now, I am right-handed okay. as well. I'm just left okay. dominant. And okay. so, the bow, you know, for me, that matters, right? Because shooting left-handed, using my left eye really matters for me. Now, when I'm using an optic and a scope or anything I'm shooting with a shotgun, you know, I'm going to use both eyes open type of scenario or if I, or I'll run like a red dot type of deal. Right. And then I'll still shoot with both eyes open, but neither here nor there with that. But when you brought up the tripod and the gun sling, I'm like, I could literally run both. Like, this is awesome. Yeah. This is this All day. really, yeah. you know, no longer point of view shooting a turkey at 40 yards, you know, kind of guessing like, can you see the turkey? You know, I got to put a big circle around it so you can see it type of deal. Like no more. No, I'm run the DSLR and perfect. I love it. it it's cool. I, I was just going to say the cool that So the strap that we use that attaches to your backpack, it's the exact same strap for all three of them. Mm -hmm. You either put a buckle on it and it works, you know, with, with your two slings, with the, the rifle sling or the uh, tripod sling, or you take our buckles out and it runs with the bow hitch because it's already sewed in our loop. So, um, yeah, it's ambidextrous. You can go from right to left. Uh, we, we tried to, like I said, we just tried to make it very, very as easy as we could make it. Yep. Armando's made a bunch of really awesome accessories. And, like, it's cool that they're all interchangeable, too. That's the one thing, like, I really do like that. And it is something that... You know, when I hunt with my kids, so like Ava and Zoe, especially, they like to hunt together. And so that's two rifles. And then <laughs> yeah, I still I carry the tripods <laughs> for both rifles. I carry the camera tripod, the camera. I look like a Sherpa, right? And, uh -huh. and I, I joke with Chance. I'm like, maybe that's why I did the 50 miles. No problem. It's even though I'm only walking like one mile when I take them hunting, it's like, times five you know because i <laughs> yeah. am weighted down and then let's talk cold weather right so then you've got a blind and then you've got a heater because them kids don't sit out there without heaters and you know because i obviously want it to be comfortable for them i want them to have a good time growing up i didn't have that luxury i went out and i froze and most of the time i was under late not my dad's fault that was my own doing because you know i'm 
I'm tough. I don't need, you know, I don't need all yeah. my clothes, even though they were available. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah. you know, it's one of those things where it's like throwing in all of these extra slings. And, you know, sometimes I think you can overcomplicate things, but this literally simplifies things. And it, like you said, you know, simply savage solutions. You came up with a simple solution. And it's kind of crazy that that, you know, hasn't been available prior to you coming up with it because it is so simple. But, and I don't say that to undermine you because what you've done is a great thing. Right. But I think sometimes we look to technology, we look at, you know, how can we make our lives easier, but we overcomplicate that. And so again, back to that, you've made a very simple solution and I'm glad you did because it is going to change the way that we hunt this year. And it's already changed the way I've hunted kind of in the late season, but it's definitely going to change the way that, you know, my approach with the kids next year, because now Declan, it's like, you know, two's company, three's a crowd. Well, we were already three of us. Now we got four of us. And I keep telling April, I'm like, I bought a five man blind for a reason. There's five of us. I need your help. (laughs) Yeah. You got to bring some stuff. You got to carry some stuff. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, we, we just had some youth hunters, uh, just this weekend. They were last weekend, they were successful cow elk hunters and they took out the solution and, uh, were able to use it. And, um, Man, it's one of my, my a good friend of mine, his kids, and one of them has a, you know, a little bit of a lisp, and he was just explaining to me how he was walking up this hill, and a bow hitch, rifle hitch was working, and oh my god, dude, it melted my heart. It was the cutest thing I ever heard in my life. But, I love uh, it. Then they sent, then they sent me some pictures and a little bit of video of him, you know, using it and walking up the hill. So I just put, you know, two and two together, and and. uh yeah, it just makes it like all we want to do for our kids is make it enjoyable to where they want to come back with you. You know, that's yeah. I think what you were getting to with yours. Like you're only carrying that stuff because you know it's the tripod's going to give her a better chance of, you know, being accurate. The heater's going to keep her warm and out there another hour that she yeah. wouldn't have been there. You know, the clothes, the blind, like all those things that we do for our kids. Um, it's just to make it more enjoyable. So I think this one here, they're going to feel proud like, I carried my own gun. Like yeah. I'm, a, I'm a big girl, you know, I'm a hunter. Yeah. Like yeah. I could, I could do this, you know? So, uh, that, yeah, it's exciting, man. It's, yeah. uh, they're, they're turkey hunters. They're very cool. And, uh, yeah, they've sweet. each killed two turkeys. They didn't have any luck this past year. We saw a bunch and, uh, we saw a bunch down in Texas and, you know, every time that we thought like it was going to come together, like any turkey hunt, it can turn, you know, in an instant. And, uh, they learned some valuable lessons because, Typically we turkey hunt in blinds and this time we were running and gunning, giving them that more of that, like, this is what it's about. Um, and, uh, so they got the goblin in the face, you know, the gobbler just drumming 40 yards oh, from them, cool. you know, and, oh man, it was great. No shots or anything like that, but then they shoot a 410 and at any point in time, like I had the 12 gauge, I could have dusted him, you know, or dusted them. And, uh, but I'm like, no, this is their hunt. I'm back up. Right. I'm, you know, if you shoot one, I'm not chasing it. I'm, I'm back up. Yeah, you were killing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, it was one of those things where it's like, this is cool because now again, I'm not carrying everything. They're going to help carry. They're going to be a part of it. And, you know, obviously hunter safety 101 is going to be in the play. They're not going to be carrying a loaded gun or anything like that, but 
it is really going to really interject them into the hunt more so than they've ever been because they're used to showing up and everything being carried in and set up for them. And now it really makes them more a part of the hunt. And I'm, you know, I'm sitting here thinking, I'm picturing in my head, running around the canyons down at Cinco Canyon, chasing Rios or, you know, out here in the Appalachian up and down these hollers and uh, like literally they're going to have a blast. And, uh, you know, people are like, aren't you afraid you're raising tomboys? And I'm like, no, because they, they're still, they're killer Barbies, right? They are without a doubt. Yeah. They are the girliest girls you will ever meet. They go get their nails done. They dress up like princesses. But at the end of the day, they love to shoot deer and they love to shoot turkeys. And honestly, they love to shoot anything that I will let them shoot. That is an animal that, you know, is of fair game. Right, right. And yeah. uh, I'm telling you what, they are some shooters. And Declan, he's, you know, he's killed two deer. He's killed a hog and uh, he's four years old. And he is, cool. yeah, he's lights out shooter. So is Zoe. Ava. You know, she is a 100% killer. Last year, she had two deer get away from her. And uh, it it was painful to watch because I've been there. I've seen it. You know, I've felt it. I've experienced it. And she it took her a long time to bounce back from it. And I didn't push her to bounce back, but I let her kind of do it in her own time. But at the same time, I was like, we're going to go shoot. We're going to get back, you know. And uh, she's like me. She gets buck fever before she pulls the trigger. Whereas Zoe, and I felt, which Declan still kind of new to it, he didn't get buck fever last year, and he killed two big fallow deer in Texas. But I think he's more like Zoe, which is more like April. She don't. She gets that adrenaline dump after the shot. I gotta fight through it sometimes, you know. Yeah. It's, it's really crazy. The other night I was out back here. Um, we have foxes that just, they're a nuisance unlike anything I've ever seen. Our neighbors have chickens. We're surrounded by commercial chicken farms. And oh, man. So we do our part. We Every chance we get, we'll shoot a fox out here because they're, you know, they're just, they're terrible. I know they have their place in the ecosystem, but they don't have a place in our neighbor's chicken coops, right? Sure. And so Ava comes in and she's like, there's a fox out there. And we have a husky and he's, the fox is literally on the other side of the fence and he's barking at our husky and our husky's just dying to get over the fence, but we got an electric <laughs> oh, yeah. fence, right? And he's like, <laughs> oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. I go out and, you know, I let him kind of go away and I go out, I set up the call and, I'm pretty much expecting him to come in downwind and I'm like, dang on it. Like I got a bad wind for this setup, but we're going to do it anyway. If he's brazen enough to come mess with the Husky, I'm going to, you know, I don't want him anywhere near Zeke. Cause if Zeke gets out, yeah. he'll Zeke will chase him till he probably fell over type of deal. And so I, uh, I set up the call, and, you know, running a suppressor, got a thermal and here he comes. And I'm like, I don't know if fox fever is a thing, but what the crap is this? You know, and it's like, oh my goodness, get it together, you know. And so he comes in, I drill him, and like it was one of the, it was it was great. It worked out really, you know. And Ava was like, why didn't you take me? And I was like, baby, it was cold out there. Like it was one of those things where we I just wanted to get it done. And uh, she's like, she's a little mad at me. She's like, well, next time I'm going. And I'm like, well, next time I'll take you. I, and the, this better, this better not happen again. Yeah. Dad. And I was like, well, I used your gun. So it was kind of like you were there. And she's like, you used my gun. 
Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah she was like, don't my, use my dude, gun again. I love, I love that. My my daughter, my daughter's a killer too. She's 13 now. Oh, that's and, awesome. Uh, yeah, she started at nine. Uh, was her first year. She had to pass on her safety and do all that stuff. And okay. So she's, she's my partner, man. She's a killer. I love it. I love it. And yeah. I tell you what, that's like, and I, I've said this plenty of times on the podcast, but I can't say it enough. Getting like youth involved, especially our own kids. I think that is one of the like greatest achievements that you can unlock as a hunter and a dad is when your kids, I've never forced any of them to go hunting with me. I've always asked them and they've always wanted to go. And I've always tried to make it as pleasurable and enjoyable as possible, even when they were just tagging along. But now that they're hunting, you know, I could sit back and I say it year after year. If I didn't shoot another deer, I'd be happy. If I didn't shoot another animal, I'd be happy. As long as I'm going with them and they are the ones that's hunting, we're learning and you know, this year has really been, it's been tough for them because we've hunted a lot of public land where in the past we've had private land that we can hunt on and we still do, but there's some issues going on with some neighbors and I just don't want to subject the kids to that. And so we've been hunting a lot of public land and, you know, these, these girls are like, they've gotten picky all of a sudden. It's like, they've killed enough deer. And I'm like, okay, here we go. You're nine and you're six, oh, yeah. you know, which Ava has killed over 30 big game animals between here and Texas. And so, Whoa. yeah, she, and all with that 350 legend, she did kill one with a six PRC last year, six, five PRC. And then she killed two turkeys with a 410, but everything else has been with her 350 legend. And that thing shoots wow. lights out. Yeah, she is. Cool. Like, and so this year, like we're seeing deer and she's like, no, nah, let's, I'll let Zoe shoot that one or I'll let Declan shoot that one. And I'm like, we're on public land, little girl. I don't know if you, you better squeeze off. Yeah. Yeah. Like, all right. You know, but at the same time, it's just as much fun being in the woods with them and, you know, we build a lot of like nature forts and stuff to like, uh-huh. you know, not necessarily rough it, but just like, hey, you know, we're not always going to have the luxury of that ground blind or that pop up blind. You know, let's, we're going to hunt and we're going to hunt where the deer are and we're going to try to be, you know, as quiet as possible and just, you know, limit our movement. But at the same time, I understand their kids. I mean, it's hard for me to sit still. So trying to expect a kid to sit still is really, you know, that's a, I'd be setting myself up for failure if I thought I was going to go out and her just sit there like a statue. It's just not going to happen. So, you know, building different things to, and helping her understand why we do what we do. Like, hey, we're not putting a wall in front of us. We're putting something to break up our silhouette and to break up some of our movement. And she's, uh, you know, she's keen on acorns. She is an acorn finder, which I think I okay. attribute that because she's lower to the ground and she's got younger eyes and she is an uh-huh. acorn finder. And I'm like, that's what we want. I'm like, and then I'll crack them open for, her, you know, and I'm like, see, this one's bad. The deer won't eat that one. Crack another one open. And it's good. I'm like, this is, these are the ones, these are the white oaks. These are the red oaks that we want to find. And if we find more of these, then we know the deer are going to be in here hunting. And, you know, just browse and all the different things. And we used to run trail cameras on the public ground here in Virginia, but every time somebody finds them, they steal them. I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense to me. It's like, like really, like, what? 
you got enjoyment from stealing a hundred dollar trail camera, like, and you're going to go put it up where on more public ground that someone else is probably going to steal, you know, that type of thing. And it just drives me absolutely crazy. And, uh, but we used to run a lot of trail cameras because I was trying to help them understand deer movement and like, Hey, look, you know, we put our cameras north and south, not east and west, because that's the way the sun comes up and the way the sun goes down. We want good pictures, but let's base it off of, dominant winds and let's look at where they're coming from bedding and where they're going to food. like we just try to cover it all and like they're a lot further along at their ages when it comes to being hunters versus myself at that age and you know i don't knock my dad for it but a lot of times i got put out and like hey sit here at the bottom of this tree and i'll come back at dark and i'm like okay sounds good like yeah that was it you know and like my dad would explain some things to me but it wasn't in depth i want them to know that at any point in time when they're of legal age to go hunt on their own they can and yeah and they'll be fine to do it and they'll still want to do it and they'll understand why and how to do it and so it's uh i'm one of my goals and i think that you're very blessed to grow up or, or to be in the west is to get them out and to take them on an elk hunt and let them see what hard hunting really is. Cause they think, you know, at times like all oh, this hard hunting here, <laughs> you're just oh, sitting. Yeah. <laughs> this is easy. <laughs> yeah. We, we have some tough ones, man. It's a, uh, it, it's so crazy. Like, um, you know, we're, we're extremely blessed and uh, my daughter has been fortunate, you know, like yours to where, they're they're pretty accustomed to killing stuff, yeah. you know, and and uh, this this year, you know, my daughter, we had a tough one. We had to go back out on this really tough off range oryx hunt um, to to get kill these this oryx. It was just a a regular gems buck, you know, but um, yeah, they're they're on White Sands Missile Range, so some of them get off of the range and they put this this hunt on, and uh, it's very difficult to find them, so they give you an entire month to hunt. Well, finally on our, I think it was our third or fourth trip out, we found them uh, right at dusk. We make a play, we kill it. So long story short, we stalk two miles, get on them, kill them right before dark, and don't get back to the truck until 4 a.m. Um, that is so amazing. So I yeah, love these, it. These kids have to, you know, I told their baby it's going to be a long night. Like he's, he's a pretty good ways away. I'm pretty sure we're going to kill him. It, you, you, are you ready this, this is what you want to do she said like she always does like and i just remember it from her first ever hunt every time she's behind me i would just turn around and be like baby you okay and she would be right behind me and her hands would be in her pockets and she'd go like that you're just the biggest smile looking up at me and yeah and so <laughs> that time for that oryx i said baby it's a long way but do you want to go get him and she just gave me that she goes let's go get him daddy and uh, awesome. we did, man. We went and smoked him, and he's a big one too. He's a nice one, but uh, it can get very, very hard. Um, yeah, you just never know what a hunt is going to turn into. Um, so there's yeah, no, was that... our kids are spoiled. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But you know what? That's okay. Like uh, there are times when people are like, "Your kids are privileged," and I'm like, "Yeah, and that's okay. I'm okay with that." You know, I don't want them to feel entitled. That's a difference, right? There's a difference between privileged and entitled. 
I want my kids to look back and say, I was extremely privileged to have a life that my parents literally spent every waking moment that they could and ultimately had us in the outdoors or something similar that kept us away from all the nonsense of the world. And, you know, and if that makes them privileged, then so be it. I'm okay with that. Label them any way you want. I think labels are stupid, but at the same time, if you want to label us, you know, label us. They're they're privileged, and I'm okay with that. But back to your Gimsbuck hunt. So is that a draw hunt? Or is that how is yes. it? Because I know the white sands is a draw hunt. Right. So they're very difficult to draw in New Mexico. Like she had to draw on the missile range. You're looking at like a 1.9%, 2% chance draw odds yeah. to go hunt on the missile range itself. Off of the missile range, you're looking like between 9 and 11% draw odds. Um, New Mexico is 100% draw on every species. So you, you, I mean, there's, there's a unit where you can kill an Audad, um, a couple units that are over the counter, but they're extremely rare. So they're just trying to keep the population out of that area. So there's, you can come to New Mexico and buy an Audad tag, but it's a very, very tough hunt. Um, so we, she was fortunate enough to draw a youth tag for Oryx. That's awesome. That is so awesome. Off range. Yeah. Heck yeah. yeah. No, you're all dad. So I did a West Texas. Um, we were over in uh, Presidio, like Martha area, south of El Paso. I mean, we were right on the Mexican border. Yeah. Yeah. Heard of that country. Saw a lot of all dad, but they were way, they were previously out of rifle range. Now we've been, I should still say they're out of rifle range because they were 1200 yards at the closest. That's, but, a, long, that's a long way. Yeah. But we've been, we've been stretching it out there ever since then. And, uh, got the seven PRC, we got the 300 PRC and we've been doing a lot of long range shooting and, uh, I want to go back, but I have talked, me and chance have talked a lot. We're, we're thinking about a New Mexico hunt possibly. And, uh, but one of those things, because I want to go after uh, an Ibex over there too. I think that would be like, I, and that's even lower percentage, right? That's like less than oh. 1%. Like, bro, bro, the rock to go hunt, they call it the rock and Deming for the Ibex. Yep. Is just picture the worst hunt you've ever been on physically and geographically and multiply it by 10. Um, like the worst sheep country that you've ever hunted sheep in times 10 oh it's that bad and and if i was you like right now we're 2023 going into 2024 um the population got really hammered so if i was you for the once in a lifetime tag i would probably not even put in for it for the next five or five or six years um because the numbers are really down and the quality is really down so you don't want to buy a once in a lifetime tag now for for a, a less than once in a lifetime hunt. Yeah, good to know. Yeah, I, I would definitely give it a few years before you put in for the uh, ibex hunt. But probably the coolest animal I've ever seen. Uh, once you see them on these cliff faces, you're like, well, I could eliminate all of that country, right? And you're like, what? 
and you're just like, dude, he's going to fall. He has to fall. It's going to fall. And you just, like, when you find them, they just do the, they're incredible. Those are the most amazing animals to watch. So if you guys do come to New Mexico, even if you don't have a tag, you know, go to New Me- go to Deming, New Mexico, bring your spotting scope and your binos and just go drive anywhere. To It's this huge, it's not huge. It's this large mountain range that is, surrounded by flat desert so you'll know you're there because it's the only mountain there and it's just desert all around prickly pear you know scrub oak javelina country yeah and then this nasty 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 mountain comes out of nowhere and that's where the oryx are so just look up and you'll find them dude that's so awesome so yeah like i've been like just I don't even know what the word obsessed maybe with Ibex, right? Because I think they are without a doubt the oh. most unique goats, sheep, you know, like they're amazing, right? And like all dad are cool. I love it. I killed a big, and I say big, a 25-inch all dad back in, I believe it was like 2019. And the girls, they killed one. Zoe killed a little Billy. Ava killed a big U in the same day. I want to say two years ago, maybe three now. And then it was two years ago. And then last year on a youth hunt down in Ozona at my buddy Dallas's ranch, Ava killed another you or no, I'm sorry. She killed a, a small Billy. And, uh, but I got their first, uh, Ava's you and Zoe's little Billy mounted. And Zoe's Billy is like literally on the wall, like touching mine. Right. And so it looks like, you know, father and like baby. Cool. And, oh, cool. And uh, my taxidermist was like, you're killing me because most mounts, most forms aren't for, you know, juvenile animals. And he's like, every, th- every year I bring him a project. Right. Like, and the first the first animal he ever mounted for us, April shot a bobcat with a seven mm eight and okay. uh, one hundred thirty nine grain SST and blew his chest like she quartering yeah. away behind the shoulder, blew his chest out, and he was like, "I can fix it, but it's it's a project." And we're like, "Well, you you know, we she'd looked and looked and looked. She is a you know, oh, what's the word for it? She is a." investigator like she will just literally research 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 she'll research for weeks before she'll go do something right we just bought her a vehicle and like finally i was like just let me know when you're ready like (laughs) figure it out yeah yeah. but so she found this guy's name's mark and he has mark's taxidermy in timberville virginia and we show up and you know he's like look i'm not gonna lie this is a mess like it's a beautiful cat but he's a mess and so he doctored him up put him on a form that she wanted habitat and everything i mean he looked amazing and then fast forward we took two red stags and then we killed the axis deer and she killed a velvet axis deer and then we wanted to keep the velvet on so they needed to go in a freeze dryer and he's like i like please get it freeze dried somewhere because his freeze dryer, he like couldn't fit it, you know, cause of the spread on it. And it was 35 oh, okay. and a half inches. I mean, it was a big, yeah. It was a oh yeah. Monster. Giant. And it was free range too. That's what made it even better. Wow. And, uh, so long story short, they couldn't fit it in their freeze dryer either. So they V notched the skull cap 
it, and then like didn't take any measurements or anything. So we had no clue because we left it with a taxidermist in Texas. It gets freeze dried, shipped to us, and it's V notched. And he's like, well, "What am I supposed to do with this?" And I'm like, it's, "It's hers. It's not mine. I killed a hard horn one. Like it's hers." And then she killed that elk. And uh, oh my goodness, he was gonna kill us because we had no choice but to V notch that thing. And that's a 400 inch elk. And because we had no like we yeah. we were in the expedition and like since since the the elk trip um we uh we bought an enclosed trailer that way okay no no more issues but she also just killed, in case she killed another velvet axis on that trip and uh we didn't v-notch that one he's like i wish you to v-notch that one instead of the elk <laughs> oh he was so mad and uh but i joke and joke and joke with him i'm like it's it's her she's the problem it ain't me like I, <laughs> but yeah. uh oh, that's awesome dude yeah so but he's he's a good taxidermist and i took him that billy for zoe and he's like if it wasn't for, if this was for you i'd tell you no but since it's for your kid i'll do it and i'm like i, I love you mark <laughs> And, uh, yeah, awesome. But I want to get back and I want to do an all dad. Like, I love the free range. Like, I'll go hunt a high fence. I have no problem with it. You know, especially yeah. with the kids, we'll go have fun and we'll have a great time. Right. And, uh, but at the same time, nothing beats a free range hunt where you can, you know, especially up in the mountains. Like, I don't belong in those mountains. They do. And it's already disadvantaged. Sure, I've got a gun or I've got a bow. That doesn't matter. I'm at a disadvantage and I love it. And so let's like, let's, let's beat them at what they do every day, you know? And so that's, uh, that's on my list is either uh, back to West Texas or to go to New Mexico and do that free range all dad and back to the Ibex. Like I love the Ibex so much. Uh, Dallas has 370 acres down in Ozona and it's high fence. And uh -huh. I bought two, purebred Nubian Ibexes and put out there and we're watching wow. them grow. Right. And they're just like these, one was a female, one was a male from two different, like, you know, bloodlines. And then we bought 10 Markor Ibex crosses and they were all nannies. Right. And so this dude has 11 Heinz use whatever yeah. you want to call them. Right. And he's got his choice, right? So he breeds them all. So now we've got, I think the number's like up to 30. Like we've Whoa. got a couple like purebreds now. I think it's three or four purebreds. And then like a bunch of mixes that were already Nubian Markor crosses. And these rams that, are, that he threw out of there, or they threw out, right? They got some wicked horns. I mean, it is like, it's one of the coolest things. And I wish I was down there more because just like when Dallas sends me pictures, I'm like, look at this. This is the coolest thing ever, right? And so we call them Ibacores. We don't know if that's like a, an actual name or not, but they like, I love Ibexes so much. The girls, we, we bought a couple that were Spanish and uh, Persian mixed and, uh, they didn't quite throw the horns that we were looking for. And so while we were down there on that youth hunt, Ava with a spear killed one from a tower. Wow. Amazing. Eight years old, 100% wow. by herself, throws the spear, 
sticks him right between the shoulder blades. He runs 40 yards, falls over Perfect. dead in like eight oh, seconds, cool. seven, eight seconds. Oh, something. cool. Yeah. And then Zoe shot hers with the 300 blackout. And it was like, yeah, they were cool. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, I love the Ibexes, you know, to the point where now like seeing this newbie and because he's actually throwing some really nice horns, he's got some really good curl to him. He's starting to put on some mass. He's got some length and it's like, I don't think I'd ever want to hunt him. Like he's just that cool, yeah. You know, but hey. out in the free, like free range, wild scenario, oh. I'd be all about it, dude. They're insane, yeah. And you know, honestly, for for how hard it is to draw a tag, like it's not worth waiting. Like yeah. I still put in for the one, you know, but um, so I, I shouldn't say don't put in. Yeah. It's it's just a lot harder hunting now. Like you could go out and still, you're just gonna have to work probably four times harder because there's four times less animals than there used to be a few years ago. Yeah, and it's already, that's, like that's, you said, that's 10 times disclaimer. harder than... It's already. <laughs> oh, there, dude, there's there's places where you can't shoot it just because you can't go. Yeah, you can't and, get to um, it. So everybody knows that's out there. There's a, a brother, a, a brother, a team of brothers out of El Paso that will come and free climb this mountain, dude, and freaking scale it. And get the goat out for you. I think it's five hundred bucks they charge, and they'll they'll come out, do their thing, get the goat, lower it down, and then go home. Have you seen the new drones where they like they can literally pick I up did. deer? I'm oh, thinking like I, uh, drone me up, grab the deer, and then. Well, dro- but I don't know that. But you'd still have to get to it. Yeah, That's I know. The only thing. Well, yeah, but I was gonna say, shoot, I'll go buy one of those too. But but you still need somebody. Cr- Maybe maybe I can lift you up and drop you off on the goat. You tie it up, and yeah. then we'll do two trips. My luck, the batteries yeah. would go dead, and I get stuck up there. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah, that stuff. Uh, people die on that mountain every year. Yeah, just because of, of what, what it is. So it's a uh, that stuff. Yeah, but yeah, you you work your way this way, dude. I love to love to go out there and glass for you. Yeah, man. I tell you what, like we'll try to figure something okay. out in the next few years. I think this coming year we're. We might be going back to Nebraska. We were talking about maybe a DIY hunt out in Colorado, but it could be something where me and Chance and Dallas and Teddy, we come out with you or do something. We'll talk offline though. And then okay, uh, okay, maybe we can get you over on the East Coast sometime or do something like that. Bring your daughter over, let her hunt with the girls and everything. That'd be a lot of oh, fun. Oh, she'd love it. Yeah, she yeah. would love it. She's she's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, uh, for anybody who's wanting to hunt in New Mexico, uh, we open up in January, you know, so start looking at the proclamation, um, start, you know, listen to the podcast and do all your homework. And New Mexico is an amazing place. And we have, we have some, uh, it's pretty cool. So yeah. I'm, I'm proud of our state. I'm born and raised here and, 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 and proud of it. So, uh, if you guys do come this way, be sure to send a message and say hello. If we could meet up, I'd love to do it. Absolutely. Now, how far are you from Carlsbad? We're about four hours. Which direction? South. I, I'm I'm basically in the middle of a square. Okay. Um, New Mexico is pretty much a square. Albuquerque is for the you know a little bit above dead center uh, to the north, and Carlsbad is southeast. Yeah. Towards the bottom of the state, so it's a pretty good ways. But I mean, and I could get anywhere within four hours from my house to okay. any inch of New Mexico. Yeah. Gotcha. So my work had me out in Carlsbad a few times and then Jowl, New Mexico okay. in that yeah. like Southeastern corner. So yeah. Yeah. 
I uh, it's a, that's a hike. It's yeah. not a it's not a very pretty drive. But no, uh, I tell you what, thank well, you four hours. It's one of those things where someone like myself, growing up on the East Coast in the Appalachian Mountains, when I went out there, like because I did a lot of work in the Permian, Midland, Odessa area, okay. I'd go over to Pio, Pecos, you know. All in through like West Texas, all the way out towards El Paso, down around Fort Stockton. And, you know, none of that ever looked ugly to me. It just looked different, right? And it different in a good way because I got to see things. I got to, yeah. the culture is what I really liked about everything out there, you know, and everything has its own beauty. I feel like I could go to any state except maybe like Ohio. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> and I'm just picking on Ohio. Uh, and, uh, but I literally like, because my work, like I've traveled to a lot of different places. If there is oil or natural gas in the ground and there's been any type of drilling for it, I've been there for the most part. Right. And, uh, so going to Carlsbad, like those mountains and caverns and everything out there, I was like, this is, this is a wild, like this really is the wild, wild West out here. This is amazing. And, uh, I never yeah. made it to Albuquerque though. And I always said that like, since I was down there, I should go, but work never really gave me that opportunity. And then when it was time to go home, it was really time to go home, not, you know, go explore New Mexico, but sure. We hunted on the north side in New Mexico and Colorado. We were up in Aguilar hunting in that area. And then okay. I, think, I think we were like an hour from Trinidad. And uh, yeah, you're right there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, we didn't quite make it to Trinidad. We ended up going south for a little bit, just kind of like on a ride, just go look at the plains and everything, look at a bunch oh, of Oh, isn't it a gorgeous country? Yeah. That's, that's amazing country right there. Yep. So, yeah. Yes, sir. Well, Armando, man, I really appreciate you coming on. This has been a blast. And to learn more about the Bow Hitch and kind of who you are as a company and to let our listeners know, it's amazing and I appreciate it. And uh, if they wanted to reach out to you on social media, on Instagram or Facebook, what would they, what's your handle? What would be the best way? Uh, okay, sure. So uh, our handle is at the Bow Hitch. You have to put the, so it's the Bow Hitch. Uh, we do typically 90% of what I do is on Instagram. I haven't really figured out Facebook. So whatever transfers to yeah. Facebook, you'll see it. If you answer on Facebook, sometimes I get it. Sometimes I don't. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, just a, a DM is probably the easiest thing via Instagram. Or currently our website is thebowhitch.com. Um, we are going to be swapping to Simply Savage Solutions. So it'll okay. be simply savage.store. Uh, that probably won't be active, um, you know, until probably February. Okay. But the bowhitch will, the bowhitch.com will automatically transfer over once we get to that point. Gotcha. Um, you know, uh, I'm, I'm happy to help guys. Like one cool thing when I came into, you know, started dabbling in this business was people were, were willing to help and, you know, give me their two cents and, and uh, encourage us because, uh, you know, and I'm a firm believer in this high tides raise all ships. Yep. So, you know, if you, you have something that I can help you put out there, if it's a bow sling, if it's a rifle sling, I will help you. Like, you know, like uh, uh, it, it, this, this whole thing is bigger than me and, and, uh, and us. So um, if you guys have any questions along those lines, um, feel free to reach out and, 
you know, pick, pick my brain and, uh, I plan on doing the same to you, Steven. So, uh, so <laughs> absolutely, I hope, I hope man. You agree with me saying this. Yeah, yeah. for yeah. sure. It, absolutely. There's, there's a lot of knowledge out there and, uh, it, it's not that good if you're not willing to share it. 100%. I always learned or was taught, um, train your replacement, right? That was what I was always taught as an employee. And I really, I think even as entrepreneurs, like that's a great mentality. Everybody's like, oh, competition, competition. Oh, absolutely. If I'm competing with you, we're working against each other. But if I'm working with you, we're working together. Like you just said, high tides raise all ships. And so, yeah. there, if you know, there's other coffee companies out there that, hey, you want to talk, let's talk. I'm all about it. I want yeah. to see everybody succeed because there truly is enough market out there for everyone. And uh, <clears throat> And one of the best examples of that is if you look at ice cream, if you know everybody likes something different right and so if everybody liked vanilla there would only be vanilla and how boring and plain would that be if there was only yeah. vanilla ice cream i mean there's probably two three hundred different flavors of ice cream and so and that's probably a really weird analogy and but that's you know that's a good way to just say look we may not be for everybody, but there's someone out there for us. And so we can work with what people would consider our competition. And uh, yeah, a thousand percent. Yeah. We're, 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 <laughs> there, there's not a one, one stop shop for everybody and for every situation. And if I think that somebody else's product, I, I talk to you and you're like, well, this is really what I do. I hunt this way and that way. Our, our product might not be for you. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to tell you, one of the three other guys that I, you know, that have products out there that I think are, are pretty cool. I'll, I'll steer you in the right direction and send you a name and give yep. them a call and say, Hey man, this, this is a problem we're trying to solve. I think you guys are the solution. Um, you know, they had, they have some questions for you and I'll put you in contact with it, but, uh, That's yeah, awesome. it's, it, it's all good, dude. We're, like I said, we're, easy money yeah i love it yeah thank you man hey. i really I, I i'm grateful that we finally got together that you're feeling better we're, we're both done hunting for the year and uh I'm, I'm glad we're able to make this happen so i i appreciate you appreciate you having me on and for your listeners you know uh again january for the entire month at the bow hitch on instagram we'll be doing our post for the random acts of kindness it will cost you nothing other than a random act of kindness for somebody for sure that is awesome. And can't wait to be a part of that. And Armando, one question before I let you go. I ask everybody, if you could, hunt, go. If you could hunt anywhere in the world, where would you go and what would you hunt? I would go moose hunting uh, probably in Alaska. And I would be sitting behind my wife who was on the gun because that's her dream hunt. And, uh, as much as much as I would love to kill a big old giant moose, um, knowing that I introduced her into hunting and that she developed a passion for it and wants to actually pursue that animal and and that's her dream. Like for me to be behind her and talking her through a shot process, and uh, I think that that would be the uh, the icing on the cake right there. That's awesome. I love it. I love it. Well, hopefully yeah. soon you get to go and make that happen. Yeah, that would that 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 would be great. I might need a cameraman, dude. I'll let you know. <laughs> Absolutely, call me. I'll be there. <laughs> okay. Well, cool. thank you guys. Thank thanks again. I really appreciate you. Yes, sir, man. This has been great. This has been a wonderful time. Really glad we got to. 
finally like link up, see each other face to face. Right. You've been a pleasure and I guarantee you that you've added value to our listeners and that's what it's all about, man. I really do appreciate it. Thank you, sir. God bless you guys and then God bless you and your family, brother. Thank you. Absolutely. And to all of our listeners, I just want to say thank you for the continued love and support. It is it really it means a lot to us here at Hunting Day. Um and we've been We've been blessed by you all. We're closing out 2023, opening up 2024. We're excited for what what is to come. And we hope that you all had a blessed year. And we just want you all to know that we love you. And thanks for the support. Keep hunting and keep doing what God calls you to do. Thank you for listening to Hunting Day with Stephen Robbins. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe. If you'd like to follow, you can find Stephen on Instagram at Stephen Hunt Day and Facebook at Stephen Robbins HD. If you'd like to reach Stephen, you can email him at stephen.huntingday at gmail.com.